what is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. It's your boy, Paul J. Long, excited as always for another awesome guest. Before I get to her, let's shout out our sponsor, Charlie Hustle, been with us since day one. Still creating dope threads if you're into that sort of thing. I say dope because that's what the hip kids are saying. I'm not certain, Rob, that that's a thing anymore. Is dope still a word that people, yes, it is acceptable? Okay. Well, you guys know me. I say dope all the time. Um, Nevertheless, thank you, Charlie Hustle. If you haven't checked them out, go to charliehustle.com. They, of course, just dropped the first Fundamism Charlie Hustle collabo, the What's Good shirt uh, check out the YouTube channel to see what this goodie looks like. You can swoop your own up at fundamism.com in the fun shop. We got a lot of awesome stuff planned, so be sure to go there to tune in. So listen, we're all about creating fun, gravitating towards the things that give you strength. Uh, I'm not naive. I know that we go through the struggle from time to time. And a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to meet somebody fascinating. And I met her at a very interesting time in her life. Um, you know that energy is real. We talk about it all the time. And for one reason or the other, I saw this amazing gal that for one reason or the other, the energy wasn't right. It just felt off. So ladies and gentlemen, Miss Kim Vodder, like water, only with a V. With a V. How you doing, Kim? I'm doing fabulous. That was a great intro. Was it? Yes. Thank you. And no I one's love ever that told me you that. You were one of the only people that were like, Kim, how are you doing today? At the gym, and I was like, "You know my energy's off." <laughs> so I'd love. I can't wait to get into all yes. that. But obviously, we could talk about stuff that tears us down. Uh, we do it all the time, right? And that's where our where our headspace goes. And unfortunately, it takes control of us. But I like to focus on the things that give us strength. So, uh, with every single guest, we start the episode with, "What do you do for fun?" So, what is it that you do for fun? Can it be more than one thing? Oh, heck yeah. Currently, since I teach part-time, I like to go to the pool right now with people. But I, and my friend, like my friends, other teacher friends too. Mm. Um, I love just surrounding myself with positive people. I do go to the gym. I think that's like my therapy. So I do think that's fun. Some people don't think that that's that fun. But I I think it is fun. You put your headphones on and you don't really have to talk to anybody. (laughs) I agree. But you (laughs) (laughs) find yourself talking to a lot of people because you're fairly, fairly popular at the gym. Uh, because you frequent it, uh, you're a staple there. I mean, everybody knows Kim, and you're super kind and thoughtful to everybody. And uh, I find that interesting because in your profession, um, obviously you train as well. We're going to talk about that. But you just mentioned that you're a teacher. So what grades do you teach? What grade do you teach? Um I did teach, it's hard for me to say I just teach middle school because I taught high school for eight years actually, but now I teach middle school, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Six, and that's a tough age. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you remember how awkward you were when you were in sixth, Sis, seventh, I'm still eight? awkward. <laughs> I know. Hello, my, my awkward, name's Paul. Have we just met? <laughs> my awkward stage lasted a lot longer than my students, but right? um, it is so interesting. I'm like, how do you guys have so much energy? Like where, it's like you're on pre-workout all day. Yes. So. Do you take pre-workout? Occasionally, yeah, not a lot. It's terrible for you, huh? It is. Yes, I just don't like want to. Bad from your heart. Yeah, and you're just adrenals and all of that. But um, so I just try to drink coffee. I'm on that pre workout right now. Really, I bet you're on all day. You're yeah. like a middle schooler. That no. is true. No, that is 100 percent accurate. I appreciate you noticing. Thank you. <laughs> so tell me about tell me about that uh, aspect of your life. Uh, teaching middle schoolers, there's a lot of emotions, a lot of things changing in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a lot of insecurities going on. So in your experience, how do you manage children that are going through all that stuff? I say children, but they're, you know, teens, I guess, adolescents. Um, I think it goes actually even with adults. It's just, I just make sure that they know I care about them. Yes, I teach Spanish, but that's not why I'm a teacher. Like, I just care about them. Like, I truly am like, like, what's going on with you today? And, you know, it's hard to... I don't know, tap that, like get into a middle schooler because I don't really know. So I like, if I have a girl struggling, I'm like, she's literally not listening to one word I'm saying. Right. She's thinking about how her friend made her mad and she's talking to the boy on Snapchat or something right. like that. I don't know. So it's like, I, they probably listen to like five minutes of the whole class. That's true. <laughs> so I that just sounds have to like, like a lot like my wife and I, when we talk to one <laughs> another, uh, shout out, honey, I'm thinking of you right now. I realized I wasn't present in conversation last night. <laughs> Paul, why you got to bring up old stuff? <laughs> so yes. Spanish, yeah. Espanol. Espanol. I took seven years of Spanish in high school and college collectively, and I can't speak a lick. Why oh, is that? Oh, if you go to a swim-up bar in Mexico after some tequila, you might remember yeah? some. <laughs> I can actually, like, I can understand kind of the basics of what people are saying, but I can't formulate a sentence. Yeah, that's that's okay. Um I do teach in Blue Valley, and we have a really great curriculum that the kids do pretty pretty well in. So do you do... The thing with Spanish was that it was very heavy in homework. And I was always... And so I don't, I, I don't want to speak for your experience. So I want to learn about how you, um, how you manipulate these little brains, um, which I know that that's not what you do, but kind of <laughs> do. Um, I... Never thrived in homework. I was always a procrastinator. I was always a last minute crammer for tests. I've carried those attributes on in just about everything that I do in life. Business, it's not good. I'm not, I'm not saying that people should do that, but I kind of thrive when I'm up against the gun, right? So anyway, when I was taking Spanish, I'd never do the homework and we have all these workbooks and stuff like that. And so, but I crammed the night before the test. Uh, I'd smash the test and consistently I would get a C in Spanish. So my mom would tell me, why don't you work harder? Why don't you do the homework? Why don't you, Paul, if you applied yourself just a little bit, you can get straight A's. And so I would say to her back, but mom, I'm having a blast. I'm not putting pressure on myself. I'm killing the tests and I'm really getting A's and B's, you know, when you look at my, so why put myself through that? What advice would you give me if I was in your class? In my class, I just want you to bring your A game every day. So, oh, that was a play on words. That, that? was like, <laughs> I know. I actually game. didn't even think about that. <laughs> no, I actually, one of my students goes, You know, I really like your class. You don't really give homework. I'm like, Well, one, because I don't really believe in homework. Like, I'm one of the teachers, I just don't really believe in a lot of homework. I don't give a lot of homework. So, that could be why they like me, but I'm like, just like focus. That's in definitively class. why they like you. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> And so I would just say, I want you to participate every day. So I'll just engage with me every day. Sure. I mean, you don't have to do, yes, I want them to do their homework, but I would just say, try to focus. So how do you learn Spanish without doing homework? I have them listen. We listen to music. Um, Mm. We... And they, and they still listen to it. I'll have students be like, oh my God, every time I hear Todo Cambio by Camila, I think of you. And this was like what I taught like eight years ago. Um, but we just do reading, writing, speaking. I just try to make it applicable to them yes. and do all of those modes in the same class. Okay. But middle schoolers, that was a different ball game for me. It takes five minutes to get a pencil out. So I just had to really be patient. I'm like, I am so patient. But with middle schoolers, it's really tested that. What's the most challenging moment that you've had with a student? High school, Ooh. middle school, whatever it may be. Gosh. 
Most challenging oh. interaction, most challenging conversation. No, I'll tell you the whole, it was a whole year. It was seventh hour. All of the athletes were in my class. I was like 22 years old in this classroom. It was all white. Like, no, it wasn't my classroom. And so I, and they, so they were literally Wait, like, like white people crazy. or the classroom was white? The whole, <laughs> 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 well, probably a little mix there, but not that much. Um, <laughs> all the walls were white because okay. it wasn't my classroom. I had three different classrooms that I had to travel with a cart. And then I had all the high school boys in that class. Um, and it was just, I couldn't even teach because they were just crazy. They'd seen the Justin Timberlake um, Senorita song every yes. time I walked in the door. Yes. They'd be like, Senorita, every time. And so <laughs> I'd laugh. Can you imagine how hard yes. that was to get people <laughs> Now, we're going to do something that they don't typically do right now. That's my favorite ending to any song. When he says, uh, when he shouts out the guys and then the girls and they say, you know, you know the ending of that song? No, I don't even remember. Gosh dang it. Now it's on the tip of my, my tongue. But what an amazing professional segue. I'm going to come back to that song, but you brought up music. You said music matters to you, and you said uh, Toto, Lava, Kalamalila. Toto Cambio by Camila. It's like an old school classic boy band song. It's years old. So you you like listen 15. to Spanish boy bands. You told me this before we started. Little do you know, when I'm lifting weights in the gym, I'm usually listening to Spanish music. Yes. And I said, <laughs> and bands. the only Spanish band I know is Menudo, right? Which is Ricky Martin's previous. I don't, I don't, yes. I don't even, I'm not familiar. I listen to like um, CNCO, Jesse and Joy, but that's not, that's a sister and brother duo. And then I listen to like Reek. It's like R E I K. Okay. Yeah, they're from Mexico. They're they're great. So, what got you into Spanish music? I don't know. I just, I just like honestly, like sometimes when I just want to zone out, I'll food prep on Sundays and listen to Spanish music, and that just made me happy. So I just kept on doing it. Food prep. I don't Ugh. even really do that a lot anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if you can make that process any any better, then yeah, to music. That's one of the. One of the Achilles heels of my lifestyle is my diet. And I think we've talked about this before at the gym. I love to work out. It is my meditation. It's my escape from, you know, whatever's going on in my life. And I go up and I listen to music and I enjoy myself. And uh, you could always tell when I'm super in the zone because I'm like, I do the old one ear bud pull out, right? And I'm like, yep. oh, what did you say? But you mm -hmm. had to say it three times before I finally pulled it out. Exactly. Because uh, if you didn't get the hint, like that's, I'm in my zone. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, I eat like crap. And I admire folks that have the opportunity like you to food prep or the diligence rather, because I know that that takes a lot. Do you still do that? Um, if you would have asked me like seven years ago, I'd be like, yes, I prep every meal. Now I'm like, no, absolutely not. I do a lean protein and some veggies and then I just put together stuff. I don't, I'm not your Tupperware person. I don't, that's not sustainable to me. Mm. And it's not enjoyable. So Agreed. I just don't want to do it. So I don't. Yeah. So great point. Because I feel like, you know, a lot of folks that, that take um, working out, fitness, whatever you want to call it, to that level of extreme where you're food prepping and you're watching every calorie and you're, you know, eating all the proteins and potentially you're even doing a show and you're starving yourself. And I've seen people on these, you know, prep these pre pre a uh, couple of weeks before their shows and they're on these like, you know, diets and they're angry and they're upset. And I'm like, this, this is no way to live. Like fitness to me is an escape. It's a fun, you said it earlier, like it's fun to you. A lot of people don't find it fun 
When you create that level of extremism, I feel like it takes the joy out of it. Were you ever like that? Yes, I was absolutely like that. I would say when I first started, when I was like 20... Three, I actually started working out when I was 23. I'm 33 now. So then I was like, oh, this is easy. And I just, I would focus on carbs, fats, and protein. I'd be like, okay. I got obsessive about it and I would only eat clean. Have you ever heard of like orthorexia? I've not. I pretty much probably had that. It's like I was just very restricted and I wanted to see how lean I could get. And then I started to learn about nutrition because I was like, a lot of people, they're like, I should just eat chicken, rice, chicken rice and broccoli. And then I think that that's like healthy. Mm. Um, So I really took a turn and I just started to learn about nutrition. And I was like, oh, I can eat all of this food. I just wanted to learn how much I can eat not and not label foods as good and bad. But I absolutely was like that. I was just kind of a mess. I was obsessive over it. And so were you happy at that time? Or do you even recall? Do you remember it was so long ago? Um, I think I thought I was happy for a, a little bit. Um, but probably no, because my friends would be like, "Let's go out," and I'm like, "Oh, well, I gotta hit my macros," or and and I did, and I was like, "Oh, I can't have that. That food is bad." Or my mom would we'd go to my mom's house. She's like, "What can you eat?" You know, like that's not life. Like, yes. So now I'm like, "Oh, this is what I can eat. I kind of know how much I can handle, and and if I choose to exceed my caloric budget, I don't feel bad about it." It's funny that you even know what that is because I just eat everything that's in front of me and. <laughs> Uh, I am certain that I'm going to lose a foot one day to diabetes because I eat all the sugar, like nonstop. Every single meal I have to have dessert. And I know it's not good for me, but it's so delicious and difficult for me to cut out. Clearly, it's not a priority for me to to fix that aspect of my life. But I'm certain as I get a physical one day and somebody tells me, <laughs> Paul, you need to cool out, it will become a priority. So fitness is your game, your profession is kind of fitness. You do about eight hours of week in training. Mm-hmm. We talked about you being a, a teacher for a profession. Obviously, fitness as a trainer, you're a teacher as well. What what types of well, first of all, the whole reason why I wanted to have you on is I found your whole mantra, your your course class amazing. And so your name is Kim, obviously, and you came up with an acronym, Keep It Moving yes. with Kim. And so I connect with that because, you know, the whole deal with fundamentalism is gravitating more towards the things that give you strength. And we've all had those times where we've been knocked down and, you know, you got to keep it moving. You got to keep it moving. I know. So, so what's that? Like, so tell keep us- it moving. Um, gosh, I do have people that even text me, K.I.M. <laughs> it's hilarious. But Keep It Moving came about like, I don't know, I probably when I was 25 and I was a teacher with summers off and I'd wake up on Sunday morning and people would still be at our house and I'd be like, keep it moving guys, let's go out, let's go and have Sunday fun day. So it was actually not related to fitness at all. So still be at your house because you guys were getting yeah, turned we would have the like night sleepovers. before. Like there would yeah. be people, yeah, and it was, it was fun. I mean, when you're in your 20s, why not? Um, and so I was just like, let's go guys, keep it moving. And um, then... Fast forward, you know, when you hit 30, you're like, oh crap, I got to get my life together. Or do I ever have it together? I was like, people just need to move. And it's a fun class. Like, keep it moving. I just wanted to come up with a name. Movement, as long as you like, I just think you should do what you like, whatever movement means to you. So you should just keep it moving however you can. So, what's the theme? How do you, I know that you're extremely upbeat, you love music. Um, speaking of which, we just recently dropped a podcast last week about um, listen to music with purpose. 
And there's a lot of music that means and matters so much to me. Specifically, you know, I feel like I could find a song that's going to evoke a certain emotion in my day. I have one that I start my day with. Um, you know, I, I want some energy. I listen to Motley Crue, uh, Kickstart My Heart. I was listening to Marshall nice. Tucker Band on the way in here. Can't you see? I am the king of wishful thinking. So I bump the Go West all the time. Uh, I asked you, what is your favorite song or what's a song that speaks to you before the podcast started? And you said... I said Crooked Smile by J. Cole. Why? Why do you select that one? Like, you know, we all have crooked smiles. You know, we're not perfect, but you just got to love yourself because that's what's most important. So that song always sticks out to me because in rap music now, you just hear so much... Sprinklers. I don't know. Stuff that doesn't resonate with us anymore. (laughs) Right, right. And so I'm like, this is like a rap, a hip hop song that I can like relate to and it brings women up. I think, as opposed to down. And so I think as women, we need to empower each other and love ourselves. So honestly, that's why I like it. I like that. Uh, And specifically, J. Cole is known for that. He is a very empowering person who likes to bring back, um, you know, thought-provoking things and and force people to think about the good that's in their life. And he's very intelligent. And so... I love people that, you know, take the opportunity to leverage their gift to bring joy, fun, and fulfillment to others. And he's that guy. So I that song resonates with me as well. Interestingly enough, though, I never I never uh, drew that correlation. We all have crooked smiles. Clearly that's the whole purpose of the song. But when I hear you say that, I'm like, oh, that's right. I I do have imperfections. Right. What are they? I can't. I don't know. I talk way too much. I'm a freaking clown. I'm 12 years old in a 38 year old body. I got a lot of problems. Just ask me. So, so do I. But hey, it's, it is who we are. You're you're killing the Segway game. Let's talk about problems. So you mentioned that you know when you're mid mid 20s, you're turning up, you're having a good time, you're keeping it moving. You you know you stay up late Saturday night. You get up and you and you still you go after it on Sunday. Um, then you get married and your focus changes and you become a little more sensitive to the people around you, what you're doing in life, maybe your profession. What age did you get married? Well, 25, but I married my high school sweetheart. We were together from 13 years old to 30. That's a little detail that you left out earlier. I know. I'm sorry. That was a big (laughs) one, I'm sure. That's crazy. I I know. So... Yeah, that was a big. Yeah, we were got together. Th- we were together seventeen years. Wow, that's amazing. I know. So okay, now let's 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 carve this onion, peel it back. What do you do with an <laughs> onion? You cry. You don't eat onions. You make onion rings. Oh, do you like onion rings? I do, but I, I can't do. eat them. <laughs> I can't. I just have to be gluten free now. Dang it! Right. So again, killing the segue game because now you've identified you're gluten free, and no. that came about because of life changes. Yes. So when I met you, uh, I started this whole thing out by saying your energy was just off. Right? I'm big in energy. I feel it. I uh, I feel as though like, and I've had this conversation with Rob when Rob's going through things or like, I could just tell the way that he interacts with me, you know, the way that he does his work. Uh, same thing when I met you, like I could just feel that something wasn't off or it wasn't, it was off, but it wasn't right. So what was going on in your life and, uh, and what did it ultimately do to you? Oh gosh. Um, I know that's a super loaded question that you told me to ask. I know. So I went, so when I was around that 26, 27, I started to get into fitness and I ended up 
I was a full-time teacher, married, um, and then I kind of got obsessive with fitness and I ended up having taking it on as a career. So my trainer at the time ended up being becoming my boss and I ended up doing well there. And so um, I ended up being unfaithful in, in my marriage, mm. um, which took me honestly a while to actually say that out loud because yes. that's hard. So I took, I mean, I ultimately living outside of your integrity, you lose yourself. I completely lost myself. So I worked in a very unhealthy environment and an unhealthy relationship with my boss. Um, narcissist could win a world-class award for nurse being a narcissist. Yeah. Manipulation. Um, manipulation. Um, it was like walking on eggshells every day. And so, um, again, cheating on my husband and feeling that pain, like it was just unbearable. Um, and so I ended up the relationship with my boss, I think I confused love for power. And so he was so manipulating and it was very unhealthy for me. And so when I finally, that emotional, it's like you're in fight or flight mode every day. So imagine like standing next to a tiger every day of your life for a, a good that's like, year and That's a like half. Rob every time he's working with me. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you're in that fight or flight mode. You're not in that rest and digest mode. And so I just kept going with it. And the only thing I could focus on during that time was my coping skill was perfectionism, looking a certain way, being perfect to other people, but I wasn't being living my truth and right. staying true to my values and all of that. Um, so fast forward um, after a divorce um, and then staying with my boss for, I don't even know, a year after that, and finding out he had multiple relationships, I finally stood up and used my voice and walked out and did what was right for me. Um, but it's taken a lot of all of that. Standing, just imagine standing next to a tiger, having weights on your shoulders every day. Um, it took a lot of self acceptance, self forgiveness, um, personal growth, and all of that. Like my body literally shut down. So if you go from 13, 15% body fat every day for three years, I gained 15 pounds in four weeks. Mm. Four weeks, 15 pounds. And so that was really, really tough because. It took losing everything I loved about myself. Like I loved, I thought I associated my self-worth with what I looked like. Sure. A lot of and people then, do. And so I didn't even see value because I was like, who's going to want to train with me if I've gained 15 pounds? Um, you literally said that to me. I remember, I don't know how, we don't talk very often, but when we do, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, unites us or that we have in common is that we both gravitate towards positive messages. And mm -hmm. you talked to me about Brene Brown and that you like to read things. And you, you had even read, you recommended a book to me. Um, and forgive my ignorance, I don't recall it because it was over a year ago. But, but I really, I connected with you in that. And for one reason or the other, one day I asked you, how is it going? And you flat out laid it on me. And you, yeah. and you said that. You said something to the extent I'm struggling, like I put on this weight and how could I expect that people would want me to train them if I look this way? And I'm right. like, sis, what are you talking about? You look phenomenal, right? But we don't Thank see, you. we don't see no. what, you know what I mean? No. So that's crazy to me. So I just, I, yeah, I looked at myself in a completely differently. I had to go to podcasts, read some Brene Brown, like kind of rediscover who I am. 
because pain makes you evolve. Yes. And so it just made me evolve physically and mentally. So that led to gut health, um, hormone imbalance. Literally, my body was just like, everything I was repressing down pain and and joy, I was depressed for a while. Um, I was holding an inflammation, you know, like it just, I just wasn't myself. And I didn't know how to communicate that to anybody. I was just like, I'm not okay. So there's so much here to unpack for, for you, our listener, in that we all have things that we go through and, and, you know, life is a cycle. You go through challenging times, you go through terrific times and bad things are always coming. Like if life is great right now, you're going to face some challenge in the near future. So it's not about whether it's coming, it's what do you do to get through it when it does happen, right? I can't help but sit across from you and admire the fact that you, A, own the fact that you are unfaithful, because that is not a topic that a lot of people would say out loud or be comfortable in sharing. And I'm certain that there's people listening to this today that are doing something that they know is not right, right? Be it at work, be it at home, be it in a relationship, whatever it is, you're doing something that you feel deep down in your heart of hearts is not Right. And it's bringing not only an unhealthy mind, but it's creating a lack of health in your body. Talk to me about the discovery and that correlation, because I know that you've actually done some studies about how mind goes with body health. What was it that you, how did you identify that those two went hand in hand? Gosh, it took going to see a naturopath and I just knew I didn't feel right. Like my doctors would be like, just go on antidepressants, eat a little bit less carbs. And I'm like, no, that is totally not, it's not right. Like you just want, you go to these people that you think have the answers. So I had to ultimately trust myself too. And I found um, Brendan at Metabolic Solutions too. And I paid for testing too. Shout out to Brendan. Yeah, he did great. um, And just kind of helped me through that. But it was, I mean, your mental health is so... Oh, I can't. I, I can't even explain how important it is to um, your physical health. Like I knew I wasn't. When you're outside of your integrity, that just weighs on you. Hmm. Um, and eventually, people I think can go through that and be normal for a while. But I think eventually, that's going to crash. Yes. You know, like I never felt good about my actions ever. I just didn't know. I didn't know how to, it took just living in my truth again, which took some time. If you had to kind of categorize your personality style, we we mentioned dope earlier. That is a word that means a lot to me because I associate the word dope with a personality assessment that this gentleman by the name of Richard Stepp did years ago, and I talk about it in my keynotes. But uh, dove, owl, peacock, and eagle, these are all personality styles. And doves are individuals that are very warm and emotional, and they'll sacrifice their own happiness to make sure that everybody else is good. And They're constantly worrying about what everybody is thinking and doing and wanting to make sure everybody's comfortable. Owls are the analytics. Uh, they're the individuals that are always caught up in the details. You know, They're weighing the pros and cons of everything everything. The peacock uh, is colorful and you got to let them fly. Um, They're the individuals that are typically the center of attention. There's never a stranger in the room, always having fun, thriving creativity, struggle in detail. And the E is the eagle, the natural born leader, the individual that typically has a plan and will do whatever it takes to make it happen because they they just, they're a doer, right? So they're that natural born leader. I can't help but listen to you and, and hear your story and 
see how you conduct yourself and think that you got a lot a lot of dove in you and that you care a lot about people mm-hmm. and wanting to make sure that others feel comfortable so much so that you would sacrifice your own happiness to make sure that others are comfortable is that a accurate That's very accurate accurate assessment yes. i yeah i would say i'm very empathetic yes have you done the enneagram so i'm the helper so that what yep. you kind of said was the helper definitively and so i've had to work to be a healthy helper so it's just kind of but staying keeping myself a priority yes. and loving myself. So it's taken a lot of positive self-talk to have be a healthy dove. Yes. <laughs> I'm a peacock a little bit too. I oh, I know. Said. Yeah, yeah. I like I don't I'm, I don't have an attention to detail very I kind I of I don't either. I'm a type B. Which is why it's a Wednesday and these episodes typically drop on Wednesdays and here I am recording it. Um uh, I I'm, I mean I struggle in details. You know, we're doing this this charity event, Volley Lama, and I'm so excited about it. And I typically I don't gravitate towards things that are gonna give me stress. And uh with Chase at Charlie Hustle, you know, you you had mentioned that you've run into Chase several times. Great guy. Him and I decided to take on this project. Um you know, in, in combination with Chicken and Pickle and Kelly Aldridge. And it sounded fun at the time. And man, it's a blast. But oh my gosh, there's so many details that I suck at. And it's it's overwhelming and stressful. Yeah. So we bring that stress into our life. Well, I'm a peacock, but I, I'm also, uh, I'm an eagle. So I'm actually a peagle. You can have a primary <laughs> and a secondary. But I love it. The thing that I admire about what you're saying is there's there's doves out there um, that will always sacrifice their happiness. M- my mother is a perfect example. So my father, uh, well documented. I-, I talk about my dad a lot. My dad was amazing. He gave me every every uh, every relationship skill that I have. I got from my dad, like his humor, everything. My dad was also an addict. Um, he was somewhat selfish and egotistical, and he really struggled with addiction for the last several years of his life. Really, his whole life, but the last ten years, I mean, it really took over him. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, having very serious conversations with my mom, Sandy, at the time saying, you know, you can't allow him to, to bring you down. Like you, you're going to look back and you're going to say, gosh, I didn't live the life that I wanted to live because I was supporting him. And I remember telling my mother, you should leave my father. And my mom said, I'll never forget this. She said, I could never do that to you guys. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, if I don't take care of him, then that burden is going to fall on you. And I said, mom, right. that's, not, that's not your responsibility or our responsibility. You can't own that. That's a true dove, right? Yeah. Here's why I tell this story. Because you uh, are going through this moment where you're being manipulated. You've done the wrong thing. You understand it. Now you're out of that relationship. You're in this toxic one. This toxic one and all of a sudden you find the courage as a dove to say, nope, enough is enough. How did you get there? I literally, um, remind me to tell you about the same situation with my parents. Please. Remind me in a second. Um, So that, I just kind of said, after finding out that he was with other women, because I worked there, that was my livelihood. So to leave there was leaving, I would have no money. You know, I quit teaching at the time and did full-time training and nutrition, Um, which I was so passionate about. And I developed so many great relationships with so many great people who I loved dearly. And so, and employees, I developed great friendships. So I was like, how can I leave these people? And then, so once I got a phone call from um, like a husband of a lady, one of the clients there, he said that 
or a Facebook message actually. He said that his wife was cheating with my boss too. And I said, fine, I'm out. I'm done. Like I can't let this to walk into your work, walking on eggshells anyways every day. And then to have that personal relationship and just feeling insecure and uncertain and it was just a negative feeling that I was just like, I'm done. I can't do it. So I substitute taught for a little bit after. So I want to, so these are the details that people, we always talk about the what, but we never talk about the how. Because, oh, be more positive. Oh, have more fun in life, right? Yeah, that's good. But I don't know how to do that. So tell me how. This is probably one of the most challenging moments in your life, obviously. It's when I met you and uh, clearly it had a significant impact on your physical and mental health. There are a lot of details that are being left out that you might not even remember. For someone like you, a natural dove, to get to a point where you could finally say enough is enough, something. what did that conversation look like and how did you, how did you work yourself up to get to the place where you were confident in having that conversation? Because I knew I should have left years ago. I knew that deep yeah. down. I knew this was never healthy for me. I knew... My what's a sign when you're like best friends, no one was supportive of me. They were just like, Kim will come to this realization when she's ready. Right. And I was ready. I mean, I literally was on getting on a plane to LA to go visit my friend Carrie because I had said before, I told him, I go, if you ever bring this into the gym, then I'm out. So that was like an ultimatum I gave in June, that June of that year. I quit in January or like December 27th or something like that. Um, and Something like December 27th. I know. I just remember. <laughs> who remembers that? I just remember that was when I went to go see Carrie. But I was like, if you ever bring this in the gym, then I'm done. And that Facebook message said that affair had been happening since June. And I was like, well, clearly that message did not Resonate. mean anything to yeah, him. Exactly. And um, I actually, you know, I, I brought a lot of people. Like I, I, feel, I feel proud of myself and what the relationships I developed, I have 15 to 20 clients because of those relationships to this day that followed me. Mm. So it took a lot of leaving. And I even had a couple, they stay after, because some people knew what had happened sure. um, between him and I. And then it kind of got out once another woman was involved. Um, and a couple who I love dearly, um, a man and a woman, they were like, can we stay just to watch you and make sure you were okay? Mm. So they stayed with me. Yeah. So it just took, it was just like, you know, I know I believed in myself enough to stand up for me right. and get my life back. So the two things that I hope that everybody is really taking away from, from today's episode is the first thing is self-discovery is key uh, to any aspect of growth in your life and understanding the difference between right and wrong. Everybody knows, you know, when you're messing up, right? It just... Mm -hmm. And if you don't know that you're messing up, just check your energy. Check how people are interacting with you. Check, are your friends riding with you, or are they saying she'll figure it out? He'll figure it out, right? Because that's a that's a that's a true mirror, right? How people respond to you. If you're finding that your interactions are different, it's probably not them. It's probably you. And so, so the first thing is self discovery, obviously, and owning whatever whatever role you're playing in your environment. The second thing is, is it doesn't matter who you are, what personality style that you have, what you think you're capable of, you're capable of it. All you have to do is stand up and make a decision. When you make something a priority, and we've had this, if, if you don't recall, we had a, a solo cast called Priorities. Everything that you, that you say as a reason of why you're not accomplishing what you want to, you want to get out of a toxic relationship, you want a new job or whatever it may be, everything that comes up as a reason why you're not really just 
is an excuse for saying, this is not a priority for me, right? Just, just be honest with yourself and saying, this is not a priority for me. I went out of this toxic relationship. Yeah, but he kind of loves me. I think he'll come back around. No, it's not a priority. You're scared. Mm -hmm. You're fearful, whatever it may be. It's not a priority. So I hope that you take that out of out of this episode because uh, Kim, I find your story fascinating. You're in a much better place now. Absolutely. Where are you now, and how did you get there? Oh gosh, I'm so much ha- uh, so much happier. I'm free. I found myself again. Unfortunately, it took mistakes and hitting rock, rock bottom and to rediscover who I am um, and who I always knew I was. Um, but I honestly, it took podcast, Brene Brown, some good friends, um, even one of my friends. Um, very dear friend. She goes, Kim, no one is going to make a change for you. No one is. You have to do it. And this was like two months, I think, before I actually quit that job. And it was just like, you're right. Like I just didn't know how to go about making that change. And so it was making a decision and having my actions follow that. So I'm, and so now I am, I'm on my own training. Um, Keeping it moving. Keeping it moving. Um, And I just try to, my goal for myself is just to be healthy. I don't put pressure on myself to look a certain way, to be a certain body fat percentage anymore. Um, I obviously want to set a good example. Um, I do enjoy wine from time to time. As you should. (laughs) As I should, but yes. Because we talked about earlier, like everything in, like it's when you, everything in moderation, it's when you get to an extreme part and you're out of balance, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. that's when shit starts going awry. That's true. And you can't, <laughs> you cannot work out like a crazy person and say that fitness is your life while every other aspect of your life has fallen apart, right? That's absolutely true. And I actually, when all of that happened, the one of the doctors said, do you need to stop exercising so much? And stop eating protein because my body wasn't digesting it. So I'm like, these are two things that I love. What do I do? So I had to completely, when you're stressed, when you have emotional stress, your body exercise is a stressor. Mm. So I had to retrain myself. I was up at a lifetime doing burpees, hopping all over everything, box jumps. And now I'm like, you'll very rarely see me do anything high intense. Yes. I just uh, lift weights. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm not about that cardio life. And you're like, I'm not either anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It really took that. Like it it caught up to me. Like, gosh, when I was in my 20s, I was like, I'm going to hop over everybody here. (laughs) And now I'm like, no, my that did nothing good for my hormones, my mental health. So now now I, I just lift heavy things because I like it. I just and my like, body likes it. I pick things up and I put them down. <laughs> so one thing that's been driving me crazy this whole episode to the point where I had to pick up my phone while you were telling that story and look it up is the ending of Justin Timberlake's Senorita song. <laughs> what is it? It feels like something's heating up. Can I leave with you? And then the ladies say, I don't know what I think about really leaving with you. <laughs> That is awesome. That is my favorite part of that whole song. I bet all the boys really wanted to say that to me, too. (laughs) That's true. Man, that high voice part, that's something that I've never struggled with either. I got kind of a high falsetto. And so (laughs) I don't know what it is about me that people have always questioned my sexuality, specifically my cameraman. Do you know (laughs) this guy deep down thinks that I'm super into men, which I don't care. And I I actually think that that's... I embrace that. Like because I treat whether you're a male or a female, I treat everybody the same. Like mm-hmm. um 
I remember people thinking that I was flirtatious. I act the same with you, Kim, as I do with Rob. And I remember Rob specifically asked my wife a couple of months ago, do you think Paul is gay? And she was like, no, I think Paul, when he knows that something gets to you, will latch onto that and make it a game. (laughs) And so like, we just, we just go ham back and forth. But why do I bring up that story? Cause I kill the falsetto and the high voice and the Madonnas and everything that's fun in life, I embrace. And if it allows you, if my behavior allows you to look at me differently or judge me, I don't give a shit because I'm doing me and I'm having a blast. Sis, I'm keeping it moving. Yes, that's exactly right. I love that about you. Well, listen, I love a lot about you. You're an amazing individual. If people want to learn more about Keep It Moving with Kim, where do they go? Um, I have an Instagram, Kim, and then an underscore Vodder, like water with a V. I do have a website, KimVodderFitness.com. I am going to put out some um, online programs. I'm going to do a mind, body, and soul program because and it will focus on nutrition, self-compassion, and a workout. It'll be a four-week program that I'm going to launch in September. So stay tuned um, just because that whole emotional, mental health, and self-compassion and fitness, I don't see a lot of people doing, and it's so dear and dear to my heart. So I'm going to focus on that. As you should. And, you know, when you gravitate towards the things that you're passionate about, a lot of times good things happen. So, you know, I've referenced you multiple times as cis, which is an endearing term. I say that to a lot of folks. Um, You know, you and I are individuals that have had connections in the past. And when I met you at the gym, I didn't realize that we have been many at the same parties and I have never (laughs) run into you. So your brother, Scott, is uh, he runs in the circle of the coolest individuals on this planet. I mean, I, I often talk about, you know, you become the average of the seven people that you're closest to. A mm-hmm. um, couple of years ago, I was, I was celebrating a birthday and my wife asked me, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I said, I want to go to Dan Krejci's house. I want to go and I want to play and be competitive and be around people that smile and lift each other up. Yes. That's where, the, so you go there, you've been there several times. Scott yes, is a yes. friend of all those guys. So They are amazing people. They are, and they do activities. One thing I love about them yes. is they like, they yeah, they might go and have some drinks, but they're doing fun things, yes. which is, is amazing. And they're, my brother, he couldn't even hurt a fly. Like he's just, they are just such positive people. I need to go over, and now I want to go over there. <laughs> yes. Well, we're going over to tonight to play pickleball to prep because Dan is actually my partner for Volley Llama tomorrow, the Celebrity Pickleball Tournament. So as you listen to this, uh, either the pickleball tournament will be happening later in the evening or it will have already concluded. So I know that we are going to smash it. Go to volleyllamakc.org to learn more about that. Obviously, hit up Kim on Instagram. She's got a lot going on. She's got a phenomenal story. I hope that you learned something from it today. What I took from it is that we're all going through something and you have to embrace your role in whatever you're going through and stand up. No matter who you believe you are or who you think you should be, it takes courage to stand up and say, this isn't what I want or not what I'm about and I'm going to make changes accordingly. You've done it, you owned it, and you're free to talk about it, which is crazy and says a lot about you. So keep it moving, sister. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Anything you want to say and send off uh, all of our fundamism guests? Um, That's a lot of pressure on you. I know, it is a lot of pressure. Um, One thing I did not bring up a lot is that I do help people. My passion truly is nutrition too, and just helping people have a healthy relationship with food and themselves. So that's one thing that I do, I am passionate about. So if anyone needs any help with that, then 
I'm your girl. I feel like that was, I feel like she was just selling me because that's literally what I said is my Achilles heel. Did you hear what she just did? That was full <laughs> circle. That's what we call a callback. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. So com. obviously to learn more, we appreciate your support. Thanks for being our ride or dice, guys. I, I continue to get amazing feedback from all of you and appreciate knowing that our message is resonating with a few. If you want to rep the brand, Please go to fundamism.com, hit the fun store, swoop up our Charlie Hustle Fundamism co-branded shirt, the What's Good shirt. I know Rob saw it for the first time today, and he's like, I got to get one of those. And I told him that'd be 30 bucks. He doesn't want to pay. He w- Rob believes that everything in this life is free. That's not true, though. You're a worker. You do the damn thing. That's why I ride with you, man. Guys, have a great day. As always, please go out and create some fun for yourself and hopefully do the same in creating life, uh, fun, joy, and fulfillment for others. Have a great day and we'll catch you on the flip side. Deuces! <laughs>